Greg Popovich. Played very well tonight. Great team defense. Did a good job. Kobe Bryant. What's up, everybody, and welcome into the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. I am Jonathan Hood, and, and indeed, basketball is hood. Catch me with David Kaplan, Cap and J Hood mornings. Between 7 and 10 a.m. Central Time on the ESPN Chicago app and also on ESPN 1000. Also, you can catch this podcast on Spotify or right here on the Cap and J Hood podcast feed. Always talking basketball, whether it's the NBA, whether it's college basketball. Go to Spotify and subscribe to this podcast. If you love basketball, you've come to the right place. The Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Within the framework of this podcast, we'll talk about Billy Donovan and the Bulls. Bulls are on a roll, two in a row against Dallas and against Houston. So we'll hear from Billy Donovan. He had something to say on Friday night that I think that really jumpstarted this Bulls team over the last couple of victories. Kyrie Irving is back, and he explains why he's been away from the Brooklyn Nets. Also, James Harden, with his new team with the Nets, he's playing pretty well. Also, some thoughts from former NBA coach, NBA champion David Fisdale, something I think that you really like. Uh, toward the end of our podcast. But as always, I appreciate you being part of the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast. Let's first talk about the Chicago Bulls, though. The Bulls have been on a roll. And the thing that we have talked about so often already this season on this podcast is that the Bulls have to be able to trust one another. People that were not growing up in the Michael Jordan era believe that when Jordan stepped on the floor, the Bulls immediately won. Well, if you watch The Last Dance... There was a lot of trust issues. There are a lot of issues with this Bulls team. The roster had the turnover before the Bulls could win a championship. What I'm saying is, is that the number one thing for any team to be successful on the floor is trust. You could be coached. You could be overcoached. You could have the best players on the floor. You could have a big three, big four, big five. It does not matter. Unless there's trust. Michael Jordan had trust issues when he first came into the league. He looked at some of these Bulls players like, I can't win with these guys. And then he was able to trust some of his teammates. And six championships in eight years, it was a tremendous feat for the Chicago Bulls or any NBA player. The point is, though, is that with this Bulls team, the same thing has to happen. Zach Levine, you and I both know that he can score. He was tremendous against Houston. Shaquille O'Neal even said, like, hey, man, I didn't really know who you were. How about Levine going right back at Wood? With James Harden not being there, you know, that somebody had to score. Speaking oh. of which. Well, I tell you, man, he's he team. Perfect timing by our crew giving you that number. Exactly. There's Levine speaking of scoring. Pass ahead. Zach Levine. Ooh, showtime from Levine. Give you a little highlight reel. 
Look at this man back in the dunk contest. Yeah, I was just thinking that's a contest worthy. Really making the most of his role. Levine to mark it in. Needed, they that, needed one. that one. Yep, settled. Five on four for the Bulls. Archie Diakono to Levine. There you go, Zach. Good cut to the basket. Against Levine, he has to reset. And he'll pull up behind the Gafford pick. Ooh. That just hurts you right there. Right now, obviously, guarding Gafford. And trying to stick with Levine off the blitz. Out to Valentine. Oh, bang, bang, bang. Here's Levine. Oh, he's going to trigger one over oh, Tate. Oh, man. What a oh, shot that, that was. That just, like, kills you with... Levine's had some memorable third quarters already oh, this year. give me the hot sauce, sack. Three threes in the frame. 11. Three yep. in the first quarter. And they are 12 of 20 cents. Oh, Levine muscling inside and a foul. Oh, get in the weight room, young man. Get in the weight room. Zach was nice in that game against Houston in which the Bulls won 125-120. to Zach Levine, 33 points. He had a uh, what I would consider a dunk that would definitely be good for the dunk contest. 33 points, 11 for 16 from the field. He was 4 for 8 from three-point range. He had seven assists and two steals for the Bulls to lead all scorers. And on top of that, the thing that stands out to me the most is the seven assists because he's making his teammates better. Lowry Markinen had 18 points. Also, Kobe White and Wendell Carter Jr. had 10. But the thing that resonates with me so much about this Bulls team is just the, the roster composition. You have young players and veteran players on this team. And so when I see a young, a Valentine, a Temple stepping in there, that's really good for this Bulls team. It doesn't make it so young. Yes, it's one of the young teams in the league, that's for sure. But at the same time, though, that veteran presence helps this ball club. So good win against the Dallas Mavericks. Good win against the Houston uh, Rockets as well. But it's all started when the Bulls did not play well against New Orleans. Really did not play well. They had the lead. And all of a sudden, the Bulls start going in the wrong direction. And I listened to what Billy Donovan had to say. And what you're going to hear would get most coaches fired in the NBA, especially when he call out players by name. It was a good question and even a better answer from Billy Donovan. This is before the two-game winning streak for the Bulls. I think one of the things that happened, you know, for us is we're cross-matched, you know, a lot. So you got Zach was guarding Shea, Kobe was guarding Lou Dort. You know, we, we were, we were cross-matched. But when it's a, sometimes on a cross mass on a missed shot, you're going to have mismatch right. issue. There is no reason for us to have that on a made basket. Like we've got to be able to sprint back and get matched correctly. Um, I didn't think that they were like racing the ball at a, a breakneck pace. But, you know, like I said earlier, I, I got to find a way to help these guys, you know, in some way. Um, I thought defensively, you know, we tried to make some adjustments and do some things. I thought it was pretty good in the, uh, you know, in the in, in the first half. The turnovers, I think, really killed our defense. I think they scored 33 points off our turnovers. And then the other thing that you just mentioned, getting cross-matched in transition on made baskets. Missed shots, it's going to happen sometimes. You know, you just can't get to your man. But on a made basket, you should be able to do that. Is that communication? Is that guys talking and saying, look? Yeah, I, I do. I'd like to go watch the film before, you know, because it'd be like if somebody drove the ball, and and if Zach drove the ball and he's guarding Shea and the ball got outletted to Shea, it may be unrealistic for him to pick him up. So I don't want to say that, you know, it was miscommunication. 
there were certainly times that we could have, to your point, we were just kind of floating back into areas looking for our man, and it really put us in a difficult situation. Thanks, Billy. Yep. Mike, you've got the next one. Hey, Billy, I know you're not used to coaching uh, young teams like this. Just And you were on the uh, other side of a, a big Thunder comeback against the Bulls last year. I'm just wondering what has gone through your mind as, as uh, you know, you guys are trying to stop this uh, big run in a, in a, you know, clutch moment. Um, you know, like I said, I, I've got to find a way to do a better job in helping these guys. Um, you know, it's there's a there's a lot you know that's going on and what i mean by that when i say a lot like we have five six seven i don't know how many turns we had in the third quarter but we had quite a few and uh we turned the ball over i don't know what we did in the first half but we we, we, were, we the, the third quarter we turned it over so much and you know you're, you're trying to you know ramp them back up i i think these guys are bright guys they're smart guys they know a lot of this stuff is self-induced and a lot of it's self-induced. Like I thought it was all on us. Um, personally, I, that's what I felt. I, I felt like we kept turning the ball over and, and could not generate and get into offense. And that was really the reason of the game because they didn't really start turning up the pressure. Like I said, until they felt like they were close enough. Me is, it is really, really hard to win this league if you don't do three things and you have to win three battles. If you don't win the free throw battle, the rebounding battle, the turnover battle, it's really, really difficult. And for us, we've gotten destroyed in the turnover battle the whole entire year. And until that gets resolved, it's going to be hard for us to really compete. I mean, we'll compete, but it's going to be hard for us to win unless we can really execute, close out games, generate good shots. And, and, and we did that in the first half, and we do it for periods at a time in a game. We just don't sustain it for long enough periods. Woo! Some good stuff from Billy Donovan. He was fired up because the Bulls were up, what, 22 against Oklahoma City and fell short in that game. There was no excuse for them to lose that game, but they came back against Dallas and Houston. It's going to be an interesting up-and-down season for this Bulls team as they learn on the job. We're going to hear from Kyrie Irving. He makes a statement of why he disappeared from the Nets for seven games. We'll hear from that. Uh, interesting Individual Kyrie Irving from the Nets, but first let me tell you about DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Pick for football fans, the moment you have been waiting for all season is right around the corner. And DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55, is bringing back their golden ticket giveaway. Up to $55 million in prizes up for grabs. All you got to do is get your share of these huge prizes and enter DraftKings Super Bowl Prediction Challenge. Once you submit your picks, you will get a free instant prize up to $25,000. And if you have the most predictions correct, you can win the top prize of $1 million. Download the app now, enter the free prediction challenge, answer questions like who's going to score last, and boom, get ready to make it rain. Download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code WMVP to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. That's code WMVP only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. Terms, conditions, and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, let's talk about what's going on with Kyrie Irving. He made his statement. 
And before we hear uh, from Kyrie Irving, I will just tell you this. I've said this many times. Kyrie Irving has to be able to tell his teammates and tell his organization, look, I need some time away because of X. Interesting things that's going on in my life or family or whatever the issue is. I have to tell my boss, my coaches, my team, I have to step away. You just don't ghost your team. But that's exactly what Kyrie Irving did. And so for whatever reason, Kyrie Irving decides he wants to do what he wants to do. There's been so many different reports of Kyrie Irving decides he'd do something to help people outside of basketball or issues with family. You've got to be able to step up and be able to do something, right? You got to do something. And that is simply just to tell people, hey, I'm going through a, a, some issues right now. So just give me a few weeks to figure it out. So I saw this on SportsCenter's Twitter feed about what Kyrie Irving has done as far as giving back. Donating $323,000 to Feeding America partnered with City Harvest to ensure that 250,000 meals were distributed to New Yorkers, committed $1.5 million to help pay WNBA players who opted out of the 2020 season. He paid off the college tuition of nine HBCU students from Lincoln University, uh, purchased a house for the family of George Floyd, according to former NBA player Steven Jackson, also partnered with Nike to donate 17 pallets of food and masks to the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe. Um, all those things are great. I'm glad that Kyrie Irving is giving back and that he's had all these contributions over the past year. But at the same time, you got to go to work. You still have the responsibility to your team and to your brand, by the way, to be able to go to work and be there for your teammates. You just don't ghost and just be like, yeah, I'm going to just rest for a little bit. So even though I hats off to Kyrie that he has done this and so much more, the bottom line is, is that he still has to be able to play basketball because that's what he does for a living. You just can't leave your team, as I've said several times uh, in the past. So how about Kyrie Irving? He makes a statement to the press in Brooklyn. Here's what he had to say. What do you hope happens after this inauguration tomorrow? And also, secondly... Do you feel like you can still find your, your joy uh, playing basketball? thing that is, you know, pretty interesting in watching when you take a break from everything, there's just so many assumptions about what's going on. And so many people feel like they know me best. They have no idea who I am or what I'm about or what I stand for, or even attempt to take the time or even for me to invite them to take the time. So it's a two-way street. Um, and when things become overwhelming in life, you know, you just got to take a step back and realize what's important. And I love to play. It's never been questioned. I've committed myself, you know, when this wasn't even a thing for me. You know, I didn't really care about media. I didn't really care about the fandom. All I cared about was just the ethics of the game and being taught the fundamentals. And now that it's become bigger and it's more of a responsibility that I have in this position I'm in, I'm grateful because I'm able to stand on this platform with others alongside of me that have sacrificed and are going through similar things. So I'm not alone in this. And, um, you know, that's just a big thing about also mental health, you know, just coming in and being balanced with yourself first and then being able to perform. Um, so, 
you know, with everything going on in the world, politically, um, socially, like I said, it's hard to ignore. Um, I want to make changes daily. You know, there are so many oppressed communities, so many things going on that are bigger than just a ball going in the rim. Um, So for me, I just, like I said, it's just the balance of it, um, of knowing I can delegate my responsibilities uh, off the court to people that I'm surrounded around that are for the fight and are fighting behind the scenes and in front in the, in the lines. And, you know, like I said, I'm not the only one that's fighting. So I'm grateful to unify with others. And uh, that's all I've tried to do. And on the court, the same way, just play with a smile, leave something that I've uh, felt very dear to my heart with this game. And then, you know, whatever my legacy is after that as a person, that's all I really care about. James Harden, the teammate for Kyrie Irving, is the first player in NBA history to have 30-plus points and 10-plus assists in his first two games with the team. Game one with Brooklyn, 32 points, 14 assists. Game two with Brooklyn, 34 points and 12 assists. We know he can score, that's for sure. Really? Attempted a three-point shot. His heart, yes. Prior to this, they've struggled. Harden goes behind the back. Green straight away. Yes, sir. James Harden. He has got a tremendous feel. Rebounded by Harden. Lob it up. Oh, Green finishes. It looked like that ball might float out of bounds. Instead, Green snares it and lays it in in one motion. We see Coach Nash talking to Harden. Again, so much has been made of the styles of play of players that you see Harden. You know, hope for him it's okay. Ankles can be funny. Oh, what a setup. Harden, the no-look feed for the Perry flush. That goes back to him. Grant with the rebound. That's up by five. One of the great things about uh, Dr. King Day is a reflection, and Dr. King's Day is always uh, a day in which you can reflect on his life and also be able to be helpful to someone. And the NBA always gets it right because they always celebrate Dr. King Day by having a number of games. They know that a lot of us basketball fans are at the crib and we're just at the crib or we're just around family or whatever, but the NBA could be on. That's also a time for family to get together as well. Uh, David Fisdale, very thoughtful guy, former NBA coach, NBA champion with the Miami Heat as an assistant coach. Uh, Fisdale, when he was coaching the Memphis Grizzlies, told a story to Sirius XM NBA Radio about the first time that he went to Memphis to go to the place where Dr. King was assassinated. At that hotel, at that spot, he talks about it. And we went, kept going on the tour, and uh, they said, Coach, you know, we want to, if you like, we'd like to give you an opportunity to step out where Dr. King was assassinated. And I'm still, I'm getting choked up now about it, just talking about it. But, uh, and I said, I don't know. I said, is that okay? You know, he said, no, no, we do this for, you know, special guests and, you know, different people and, you know, you're new coach of our team and, you know, you and your wife, why don't you come on out here and you can take a moment if you want. And I said, okay, you know, I looked at my wife and she said, yeah, you know, let's do it. And so 
I'm already overwhelmed emotionally seeing all of this stuff and, and going through the, the Civil Rights Museum. And then I step out there and he points over to the building across the street. He says, that's where the shot came from. And I don't know if it was all the stuff I was just talking about, about my grandfather and the connection that I made to sanitation workers in Memphis and Mississippi being across the river. And But man, I just broke down. Me and my wife broke. We looked at each other and more me than her because she was she's so much tougher than me, obviously. I just broke down and she put her arm around me and she said, cry. She's like, it's all right. And I'm like, you think about what he was fighting for. And here I am, you know, two generations from that. I'm the head coach of an NBA basketball team because of what they did for me. And I couldn't hold it. I was just breaking down. And then the final straw was we went into that that room where they play his last speech. And they'll bring you to your knees, man. Oh my God. Just and it I use it as motivation. You know, even in my last days as a head coach in New York, I would listen to that speech to remind myself that someone went through something a lot harder than me. And it's a possibility that he he knew that he wouldn't be able to see the promised land with them. But he was going to make sure he did everything that he could to get them there. And if he couldn't get there, he was going to make sure that he laid it on the line for him. Really, really great thoughts uh, from Fizz, Coach Fizz, talking about his time in Memphis. And um, I have not been there, but I definitely want to be able to go to Memphis and be able to experience that and feel that uh, that aura, that sense of history by being there at that hotel, the motel where Dr. King was assassinated and to be able to hear the story from those that were uh, around during that time. So um, great story. And uh, Dr. King Day and the NBA have been synonymous for a long time. Uh, great reflections and stories about Dr. King and what he meant and what would he mean today uh, in 2021 if he was alive. All right, a show note. I want you to know that, of course, you can hear me on Cap'n J Hood, morning 7 to 10 on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Also, this Saturday, coming up this Saturday, I will be teamed with former Chicago Bull Reggie Theus for the first time. Reggie Theus and I will do a show together on NBA Radio, Sirius 207 XM86, and the Sirius XM app. I will be on NBA Radio on Saturday night between 9 p.m. and 11 p.m. Central Time. Um, so if you are around uh, Sirius XM, if you have Sirius XM and you have NBA Radio, check out me and Reggie Theus. We will break it down and uh, talk some uh, NBA for two hours from 9 to 11 p.m. Looking forward to that. That'll be my first time working with Reggie. And Reggie, I remember having his poster on my wall as a kid before Michael Jordan was Reggie Theus. <laughs> so this is going to be a trip to work with someone who I really, really enjoyed watching uh, back in the day. So uh, I look forward to that. So make sure to support uh, we'll be on and talking about um, some NBA storylines. Matter of fact, as I look at the schedule here, we're going to be on after the Miami Heat Brooklyn Nets game. So after Miami Brooklyn uh, at nine, we'll be on uh, after that game. As I look at the schedule right now, as I 
navigate this podcast and give you the information at the same time. We'll put this in the description so you don't forget. Um, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at TweetJHood, the Cap J Hood Morning Show, and also tell people Jonathan Hood talks basketball. You need something from college? That was the previous episode with Tyler Rocky. He was tremendous. 30 minutes on the college basketball season. We have special features like looking back at the draft. We redraft with Sean Davis. You got terrific guests like Nick Friedel, Andre Snellings. We'll have a lot more. But every week we give you something on this basketball podcast. The Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks so much as always for your support. Thanks for listening.